Walker, um, Pastor Derek's wife. I wanted to share with you something that's been on my heart really quite strongly for a long time, and that's freedom through forgiveness. Um, uh, hopefully none of you are like me, but I found to forgive people really, really hard. But let me first read the scripture. Um, the scripture basis is actually Jesus speaking, and it's Matthew chapter 6, verses 6 through 14. And Jesus said, when you pray, go into your room, and when you've shut your door, pray to your father who is in secret, and your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. When you pray, don't use vain repetitions as the heathens do, for they think that they're going to be heard for their many words. Therefore, do not be like them, because your father knows the things that you have need of before you even ask him. In this manner, therefore, pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And this is the bit that is really important at today's talk. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Um, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. And Jesus continued to say, because if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you your trespasses against him. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive you your trespasses. And I used to just sort of put a blank over that. I thought, well, you know, God loves me. Um, he, he's so generous. And when I ask him to forgive me, he does. Um, now, our forgiveness cost God everything. It's, it wasn't a light thing. It cost him absolutely everything. And so in the Old Testament, as a picture of what the Lord Jesus would do, um, the blood of an innocent lamb uh, was required to atone for the sin of the guilty person. And they would lay their hands on, on the head um, and the, this dear lamb was sacrificed. Um, if we turn to Colossians chapter 1, verse 20, and it shows what Jesus would, has done. And by him to reconcile all things to himself, by him, whether things on earth or things in heaven, and here it is, made peace by the blood of his cross. You see, Christ's blood is the only basis for our forgiveness. We see how much we owe God. Christ's blood satisfies all God's holiness, thereby making peace between God and ourselves and bringing us together. Now, the blood mankind is, was separated from God um, simply because, you know, what happened in the Garden of Eden and sin. And there's, there was no acceptable offering, really, uh, to satisfy the, the demands of God's holy name and nature. But God had a wonderful plan and he sent his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, to provide an acceptable sacrifice for sin. Therefore, he established the bond between man and himself. Um, and it was specifically the blood of Jesus Christ that was shed on the cross that has satisfied the demands of God's holiness and established a peace blood. 
um, actually a covenant blood which can never be broken with those who receive Jesus, accept him and ask him to be their Lord and Saviour. And we look at Leviticus um, chapter 17 verse 11. It declares, because sin takes life, life is therefore required to repay sin's debts. So it had to be life to take the place of death. And Jesus Christ, oh, gave his divine blood to satisfy all of mankind's sin, past, present and, and future. From, really from, from the time of the Garden of Eden until Jesus comes back again. And we have this holy covenant between us and God. And we get freedom through forgiveness. Um, Matthew chapter 6 verse 12 tells us to pray, as, as we've said before, forgive us as we, in the same way, we have forgiven those who trespass against us. Um, and if you won't, he won't, to put it in a nutshell. If you won't forgive, neither will your heavenly Father forgive you. So let's turn to the parable of the unforgiving servant, which you'll find in Matthew chapter 18, verse 21 to 30, which I'm, I will read. Um, then Peter came to Jesus and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times? He, he thought he was really doing well. And Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. And that's in a day, 490 times a day. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And when he had begun to settle accounts, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. That's a huge amount of money. It's amazing that the guy was able to steal that much. Um, verse 25, but as you know, was to be expected, he was not able to pay. His master commanded that he be sold and his wife sold and his children sold and everything he had to be sold so that payment, repayment could be made. And even then, I mean, there would be a deficit. Therefore, I should think the servant nearly fainted. He fell down before him saying, Master, have patience with me and I will repay you all. Actually, I think that was a bit of a stretch. I think it was a lie because he had no way of repaying 10,000 talents. It was a tremendous amount of money, as I'll go into detail a bit later. And do you think he would skip off and, I mean, his heart would be full of love and forgiveness? Well, let's see. But that servant went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed him 100 denarii, which is so much less than those talents. And he laid hands on him and took him by the throat and shaking him, saying, pay what you owe me. And his fellow servant did what he'd done, fell down at the man's feet, begged him, saying, have patience with me and I will repay you all. And actually, it was doable in that situation. And guess what he did? He, he didn't say, oh, yes, of course, you know, I'll give you time. And he would not. But he grabbed the man dragged him to the prison and threw him in the prison until he should pay the debt, 
Well, if you're in prison, you don't stand much of a chance of ever coming out because how can you pay the debt? Um, and so it was a horrible, horrible thing that he did. And going back to Peter, when he said, you know, how, how many times shall I forgive my brother when he sins against me seven times? And actually, it sounded quite good. But um, he, he was also influenced by the, the uh, religious leaders of that time. And they said, would you believe it? If you forgive three times after that, no more forgiveness. Aren't we grateful that God's not like that? Um, but Jesus says up to seven times, not seven times, but 70 times seven. And Jesus gives us this tremendous example. And he, he says, therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. So he likens um, our forgiveness, actually, that we receive. And we go back to he settled the accounts and um, there was this guy who owed 10,000 talents and he was going to do what was perfectly acceptable in those days, was to sell he, him and his family. Now, I think it might help for us to understand a little bit more um, how huge 10,000 talents are. Um, I researched this. If I'm wrong, please forgive me, but let me know how wrong I am. Uh, a slave, this slave owed 10,000 talents. Um, but when we see that the multitude, I mean, this hugeness of this debt, that um, the annual tribute, forgive me reading this, the annual tribute of Judea, Samaria, Adumir was the three areas jumped lumped together was 600 talents per annum. This guy owes 10,000 and for Judea, Samaria and Idumea 600 talents per annum paid to Rome. Now the Romes weren't skimpy in what they took. So com compared to the 100 denarii uh, it was worked out for me that the 10,000 talents that uh, this hard-hearted servant was he was demanding his his hundred denarii his debt that he'd been forgiven was ten thousand uh, no sorry six hundred thousand times larger than the debt that this other servant owed him and isn't it so sad um, and so you see you can see the magnitude of this first servant's debt also, I'm told that uh, one talent um, would weigh approximately 56 pounds or upwards to 75 pounds. You multiply that by 10,000 and you have an astronomical number. Um, but this represents our sins against God. Part of our problem is that we don't actually see a lot of sin as sin particularly in this day and age where things which were when I was growing up were absolute no-no are accepted as totally normal. Um, so the, the king was moved with compassion for this, this guy that owed him 10,000 talents and moved with compassion. Um, you see, pity, it, it empathizes. Pity says, oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, have you had a bad day? I am so sorry. But it does nothing. But compassion with pathos, 
it empath it empathizes with the other person of what they're going through and this was the king he was moved with compassion and we see often that Jesus was moved with compassion and healed the sick and did Jesus have pity on us or compassion well I think I answered it actually he had compassion. He was so moved with compassion for us, knowing what our future would be like without his great sacrifice, that he was prepared to give up his life. And not a quick and easy death. It was horrendous, but it was totally necessary to pay the debt that we owed God and could never pay. Just an aside, actually, um, when we read the book of Esther, there was this wicked Haman and he had offered um, the king uh, 10,000 talents of silver so that he could go and annihilate all the Jews in the kingdom. And um, we see in the end that Haman gets his just desserts. And it's such a burden of sin that actually would crush the life out of us. But God, but God. Anyway, we're going back to our story. And the king in this story was moved, so moved with compassion that he gave that humongous debt, billions. It was like billions of pounds. So who would you say ends up um, suffering for this? Um, the servant didn't. I mean, he had about a moment's fright, but he, he wasn't out of, out of pocket at all. Who was out of pocket, so to speak? It was the king. And that's a picture of what Jesus did for us. He's the one that paid everything. And if we have a quick look at Jeremiah chapter 31, um, verse 31, 32 and 34, there was a promise um, of a new covenant of what God would do for us. And it's, it's staggering, really. Verse 31, Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah and with us who receive Jesus as our Lord and Saviour, not like the covenant I had with their fathers. Verse 34, For I will forgive their iniquity and their sin I will remember no more. I will not bring back my, to my remembrance. I will remember their sin no more. And they'd sinned big time. And we look to see what is our Lord and God like? How much do we owe our wonderful Heavenly Father? Psalm 103 verse 8. The Lord is compassionate, full of compassion, gracious, slow to anger. Are we slow to anger? Abounding in loving kindness. Are we by abounding in loving kindness? He has not dealt with us according to our sins or nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. In other words, he doesn't give us what we jolly well deserve. And verse 12, as far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Um, and you've got the North Pole and the South Pole, but you don't have a West Pole and an East Pole. It's, you know, endless, 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 endless. And then we look at um, Psalm 103, verse 17. 
but the loving kindness of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him, who reverence him, who have a, a, deep, a deep respect for him. And we see that God's mercy, he's willing to forgive whatever your sins or our sins might be. It's actually up to us. He's forgiven us, but to actually receive the blessing of that, we have to ask him to forgive us. Now let's return to our story, which was in Mark 18. Um, we go back to the meanness. I mean, the hard-heartedness of this slave, this servant that's been forgiven so much. And he was so hard and harsh. Um, but uh, when he had been summoned to the king, um, he must have thought, well, here comes judgment day. He knew exactly what would happen to him. And he must have been really trembling and frightened, knowing that the king had found out what he'd been up to, presumably all those years. And he knew, he absolutely knew what the sentence would be, that he would be sentenced to be sold, his wife, his children, and all his property and possessions. Absolutely, he was left with nothing. Anyway, you know, we see that he falls down before the king. And this is what is so amazing. The king actually forgives him instantly that huge debt. But what absolutely fascinates me, but makes me see some of myself, if I'm really honest, but all this man can think of is um, how much his fellow servant owes him. And it was only a hundred denarii. And he'd just been forgiven billions of pounds. There was a situation where we were asked to loan, someone asked us to loan them a thousand pounds to get them out of debt. Well, they never have bothered to pay it back. Um, and do you know that used to rankle me until God showed me how much he'd forgiven me? Who am I to hold a resentment against someone he probably couldn't pay back? Anyway, we go back to verse 28 um, to 30 in Matthew 18. Um, he took his fellow servant by the throat. I mean, he didn't ask him nicely, saying, you know, excuse me, but I, you may remember that you owe me a hundred denarii. I'd be frightfully grateful if you paid it back, um, you know. But actually, he shook him, took him by the throat and demanded it now immediately no mercy whatsoever this man's only just come from receiving huge mercy and the man begs does exactly what the hard-hearted servant had done he begs for forgiveness he asks for time to repay the debt and he said that he he would pay everything back which actually was probably doable over a few months um but the guy said ma i'm having none of that no forgiveness. So he drags him along and he throws him into the debtor's prison. Now I'd always thought that it was not a nice place to be with, sorry, to be in, um, but actually it's far worse than I ever could have imagined. Um, it's a really, really terrible, terrible place. Uh, because first of all, the guy's got no, no way of paying back and coming out. So he's there for life. Now, the debtor's prison in the time um, that this story was, was told, um, 
debtors' prisons, there were actually tormentors there. And they would torture the prisoners for a bit of fun. Um, isn't it ghastly? For example, if you owed 10 denarii, it might have been one lash. Uh, if you owed 10 denarii, it would be 10 lashes and so on. And sometimes they'd have them on the rack, pulling and pulling, um, probably killing them actually, um, for six hours on end. No one ever, ever, ever wanted to go to the debtor's prison. And this hard-hearted servant knew exactly what he was doing to a fellow servant. And he'd just been forgiven all this dreadful, dreadful um, sum of money. What amazes me is he didn't think that the king might find out about it. It didn't cross his mind because all he wanted was his hundred denarii, which is a bit like a um, hundred pounds compared to 10 billion pounds. Um, I was thinking if we, if we did it in terms of distance, for instance, I understand the, the, the sun is 93 million miles from the earth. And this is, a, let's say, this is, for instance, about the distance, God goes further, that uh, God has to travel, as it were, to forgive us. Um, now, the amount that we have to forgive someone else is probably a foot. What is one foot to, compared to 186,000 miles? I mean, it's, it's peanuts. It's, it's absolutely tiny. And so... We need to learn from this and, and remember, because people can be really horrid, they can say terrible, terrible things and really, really hurt us. And I know that there was a saying, um, sticks and stones may break my bones, but names will never harm me. Um, no, that is not true. Actually, I was just sharing with someone, this was a long time ago, um, uh, my parents had invited some people around and their children came and we were sitting at the dining room table. I think there must have been about 10 of us, actually. And um, one of them, it was a boy, actually, I, I think he had a funny sense of humour. And he said to me, oh, Hilary, could you do me a favour? And I thought, yeah, anything, you know. He said, could you pop out and get a brown paper bag and put it over your face so we don't have to look at you? And I carried that around for years. I let it get to me. I let it shape actually what I thought about myself. From then on, I felt really, really ugly um, and worthless. So you can imagine the change that happened when I received Jesus as my Lord and Saviour. And so the message and the moral of this story is Christ is saying to us, look how much I'm willing to forgive you. His arms open wide. He stretched them out on the cross. And he says, you therefore, what right do you have to be bitter and unforgiving with your fellows? We are fellow servants with your fellow servants when I have so fully, completely, and freely forgiven you. What right do we have, honestly? 
what right do you say that we have? You know, sometimes we make these excuses, oh, I've been there myself. Uh, some would say, if only you knew what they did to me, you would agree that this was an exception. And I know I've used it internally to myself. If you only knew what they did to me, I mean, surely this has got to be the exception to the rule. Or this was just plain old wicked. How could I ever forgive that? And when I think of someone, if their relative has been murdered by uncaring, callous, evil people, I can't imagine the anger and the resentment and the desire. Well, for justice, you don't get justice, actually, but to pay back. And I, it's, it's real and it's, it's, it's terrible, but we crucified God's son. We tortured him, a horrendous torture. He was flogged, scourged. If ever you saw that um, film about the passion, uh, they did it in really, you know, high technicolor. And it really was so gross. But you know, Jesus was the only one who could pay the price because he was absolutely, totally sinless. And when they were nailing him to the cross, he said, and that's acute, acute pain, because actually your wrist goes, it goes into spasm. Terrible, terrible spasms. I mean, that's the, the littlest bit. Um, and it's terribly, I mean, pain, you just cannot imagine it. Jesus paid that price. So we really need to spend time looking at the cross, at Jesus dying and suffering, a horrendous torture for us. And surely, doesn't that make it easier for us to forgive another person? And so the malice of vengeance, if we won't forgive, I can assure you it will come back on us. Um, when we think of Haman, actually, he built the gallows for Mordecai, but guess who was hung on there? And so we're going to ask the Lord, oh, Father God, in Jesus' name, help us to see how much you have forgiven us. Amen. Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And the vision of this ministry is really to, to spread the in-depth teaching of the word of God as far and wide as possible. And we are so grateful for those who, who have helped us in this way financially and with your prayers. It really makes a huge difference that we can get the word of God out on different platforms and spread it across the world, even in different languages. Thank you so much for all your help. Thank you for watching. Join with us at Oxford Bible Church every Sunday at 11 a.m. Greenwich Mean Time for our live stream service. Or join us at Cheney School, Headington, Oxford, OX37QH. You can watch more of our teachings on our Roku channel and Derek Walker's YouTube channel. All Derek Walker's books are available in printed and Kindle versions in all Amazons worldwide or online with other great products. 
where you can also support our programmes at www.oxfordbiblechurch.co.uk or by calling 01865 515 086.